Welcome to Family Bible Hour, a broadcast of the Sunday morning worship services of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to look at chapter 14 and verses 13 through 18. This is the third in our series of uh, messages in this, uh, called Heaven is for Real. And the title of the sermon today is Rush Day. We're looking at <clears throat> Rush Day. Some of you, probably many, were in fraternities or sororities when you were in college. I started my uh, college years at Tennessee Technological University in Cookville, Tennessee, and then later transferred to Middle Tennessee State University, where I got my bachelor's degree in business administration with an emphasis in marketing. And when I was at Tennessee Tech and was eligible to do so, I went through fraternity rush. And I did end up in a fraternity, but later when I transferred to MTSU and met up with Jan and who eventually became Mrs. Ray, uh, my fraternity days uh, were uh, no longer. I have a lot of stories about those days. <clears throat> as far as I can tell, none of them are worth putting in a sermon, uh, but uh, I do have some stories from those days. But I remember <clears throat> the experience of rush. I'll tell you what's interesting is uh, Ron Williams and I actually went through the same rush ended up in two different fraternities, but we went through the, uh, the same rush. And if I remember correctly, here's the way that it worked. We were asked to drop by certain fraternity houses where we would be sized up by the brothers in the fraternity. They would kind of look us over and listen to us and see if uh, we were the kind of person that they wanted in their fraternity and, and so on. And then a day or so later, <clears throat> there would be uh, the uh, invitations given <coughs> to, um, to join the pledge class of one or more fraternities. Maybe someone didn't uh, get an invitation. <coughs> but that was all part of, of rush week. And everything happened kind of fast. And that might be why they call it rush. And I use that as an opening illustration because there is a rush of sorts that takes place in conjunction with our heavenly existence with, with heaven's eternity. Um, this rush is the rapture of the church, and it has profound impact on the lives of those on earth and the lives of those in heaven. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For <clears throat> this we declare to you by the word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not <clears throat> precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel, and with a sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, 
will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, in heaven, every single day, every single day in heaven, there's a new crop of saints who arrive every day. I don't know that there's been a day uh, since the, the first death that uh, there has not been a crop of dead saints to arise in heaven, arrive in heaven. People who leave this life having trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord go to their first day in heaven. That was the first message that we talked about in this series it was our first day in heaven and what that day will be like. Our text tells us of a day when certain people on earth will go to heaven without ever experiencing the death of their physical bodies. Now that's really quite unusual, but it's a biblical truth that there will be people who will go to heaven without experiencing death in our bodies. It's a day when heaven is rushed with new saints, far more than the everyday collection of those who pass from this life to the next. It's a day when there's a a big rush. And to see this, I want to take three key phrases from the passage that we've just read. Our outline today will be three phrases from what we've read. First of all, since we believe. That's found in in verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. The the phrase since we believe ends one thought and and it begins another. And there's an assumption that is tied with it. The assumption is that those who are believers in Jesus Christ have a certain understanding that other people do not have. The the assumption is that we are informed and that we believe those matters about which we are informed. In other words, that we believe that the Bible is true, that we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and that we believe that those instructions we have received were actually instructions that will play out in our lives. Now, unfortunately, too many and too many people who, who uh, believe and too many people who do not believe fail to understand or appreciate the truth that is given here. They're, we know that there are a lot of people who should believe because they are believers <clears throat> that fail to believe the Bible. And there are a lot of people who have just not believed anything altogether. Now, for the sake of this message, let's assume what the Apostle Paul assumed in 1 Thessalonians, that we all believe, that all of us believe what is about to be given. Now, since we believe, what do we believe? Well, since we believe, we know about the rest. Again, in verse 13, For we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, 
that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. I would say that probably in this congregation, everybody has attended a funeral service. Some have attended many funeral services. The nature of a funeral hinges on the belief of the person who has died and the understanding of the people who are alive. The very nature of the way that people feel about the funeral. Many times I have conducted a funeral service where there was a clear and sharp divide in the family regarding the funeral service or regarding the one who had died. Part of the family comes to the service in full anticipation of seeing their loved one again. Some people come to the service believing that they will see their loved one and it was only a so long the last time that they saw each other in this life. And then there are others. I've seen it happen. I've seen it right here in the the front of our church, and it was a clear divide, and and some family members don't believe at all. And they they sit through a, a funeral service in some sort of an unbelieving stupor, and there is no sense of seeing that loved one again. There is no sense of believing that that loved one has gone to heaven. And you can almost take a number two pencil and draw a line and see it so, <clears throat> so clearly between those people. But since we believe, that is, we who are believers, since we believe, <clears throat> we know about the rest. We know that those who are believers, when they die, their body enters into a rest and their spirit <clears throat> goes to be with the Lord. If we believe that heaven is for real and also believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, it completely changes our outlook regarding the passing of a loved one who was a believer. Our outlook changes drastically. Those who grieve without hope are unbelievers. Now, I have grieved at some funeral services. I have experienced what it means to grieve at a funeral service. But I'll be honest with you, all of the grieving that I've experienced pretty much has been hopeful grieving. I didn't grieve without hope. There's a big difference in grieving with hope and grieving without hope. To believe in Jesus is to say farewell to the loved one with the hope to see them again in heaven. That's the hope. We believe that they are only asleep in Jesus and that their spirit man has moved into the presence of God because that's what the Bible teaches. And there is a peace that is associated with that. How many of you have a friend or a loved one in heaven? Would you raise your hand? You have a friend or a loved one in heaven. Just about everybody here does. Now listen carefully. There is a peace associated with your knowledge that your friend or loved one is in heaven. You know that I have a father who is there. You know that I have a mother who is there. You know that I have a brother who is there. Now, I miss them. Quite frankly, I miss my brother the most. That being said, I don't grieve as though there's no hope. 
I will see all of them again and others that I have missed in this church family. So since we believe we know about the rest, here's something else that we know about. We know about the resurrection since we are believers. Verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, the hope of death is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why Easter is such an important uh, Sunday in our lives. It's because that's the hope of our resurrection is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen to this from Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Sharing in the first resurrection is to share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we believe in the risen Lord, we become part of the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous is the first resurrection, and we become part of the first resurrection when we die in the Lord. And at the end of the millennium of uh, reign of Jesus Christ, there is another resurrection. That's described in Revelation chapter 20. That is not the resurrection of the believers. That is resurrection of the unbelievers. And let me just say this to you. You do not want to be a part of that resurrection. Now, there are those who believe in a general resurrection. If you believe the Bible to be the Word of God and you understand it and believe it literally, that is, take it normally, you have to believe that there are two resurrections, a resurrection of the saved and a resurrection (coughs) of the lost. You do not want to be in the resurrection of the lost. How can I avoid that? Very simply, get saved. <clears throat> That's a very simple thing. If you have been saved, if you've been born into the family of God, born again into the family of God, you will not participate in the second resurrection. If you participate in the second resurrection, there is no hope for you once you have died without the Lord. <clears throat> so the answer is very powerful and simple, and that is to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I hope you'll do that today if you don't know it for sure. Now, what do we know since we believe? Well, we know about the rest, and we know about the resurrection, and we know about the rapture. Again, verse 14, for since we believe, there it is, that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Now, this is something that that some of you maybe have never really given a lot of thought to. I I preach about it a lot here, but it kind of gets past past us sometimes. and Maybe we don't really think about it the way that, that we should think about it. Please listen to it. When our bodies die in this life, our spirit goes to heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, that which is really you and that which is really me is not this body. The really me is the spirit of man. The really me is the soul of man who lives within this body. When I die someday, and if I do die before the rapture comes, All personality will go out of this body. 
All, all uh, thought process will go out of this body. All laughter will leave this body. All crying will leave this body when I die. <clears throat> when I die, that which was really or that which is really me will move on. And this body will be left behind. And so when you walk by my casket and you look and you say, oh, couldn't you just say one more thing? The answer is that if I could say one more thing, I would say, no, I can't say one more thing. <clears throat> I'm gone. Quit talking to me. If you want to talk to me, talk to God and ask God to say something to me for you. Or <clears throat> maybe you could just talk out loud to me if you want to. Pastor Ray, do you believe in talking to the dead? Well, no, but I'll tell you this. I've been comforted a time or two by just talking out loud to my dad or talking out loud to my, my mom or my brother. I've just been comforted by that. And it's not whether or not I believe in it. It's just I've just done that. So <clears throat> that's something that, that we should understand, that when we are absent from this body, we are present with the Lord. And we know that Jesus has gone to heaven to prepare a place for us. Now, our spirit man, the person we really are, goes to heaven at the end of this life. And so when life is over and somebody says to me, they call me up and they say, well, Brother Randy, I want you to know that so-and-so died. Here's what I'll understand. It really is not that you died. You just moved. You moved out of where you've been living to where you're going to live. <clears throat> That's what death is for the believer. Now, this verse that we've just read is telling us that there's coming a time when Jesus is coming <clears throat> to resurrect the bodies of the dead in Christ to unite them with their spirit man that's already gone to heaven. This will be our eternal, redeemed body and existence. This is what we refer to as the glorified body. When we move out of, out of our bodies and into heaven, we move out of our bodies and into heaven and our spirit goes to be with the Lord. He said, well, then we won't know each other. We'll just be wisps running around. I don't believe that at all. I believe that we will know each other. But I believe that there is coming another union. I don't know, by the way, what the spirit looks like. I know what it sounds like. In my case, <clears throat> the spirit has a weird sense of humor. In my case, the spirit uh, is loud. In my, and I could go on and on. But, but I don't know what it looks like. I do believe this, that there is an appearance because the Bible teaches that we'll know each other when we're in heaven. And not just after <clears throat> the rapture uh, occurs. And so... Uh, there's coming a time when, when we will go to heaven and then there will be that resurrection of our spirit man with our uh, body and then there will be a glorified body. In other words, heaven is really, 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 really good, but it just keeps getting better. Heaven is not something where we go and we say, man, that was good. No, heaven just keeps getting better. It's kind of like Cracker Barrel. 
You think, man, what can be better than chicken and dumplings at Cracker Barrel? And then you man up and have chicken livers. It gets better. I know that was a little trite and probably not true, but uh, I'll just stop it. The rapture of the church is the beginning of, of a series of timed events on heaven and in earth. And the glory of what we believe is in knowing that our earthly bodies will live again in a glorified state. As I said earlier, the same condition that Jesus lived in during his resurrection life. We are partakers in that, being partakers in the first resurrection. So here's the takeaway from all of this. We must be a powerful and positive witness to those we love. Why? Because when they die, we do not want to grieve as having no hope. One of the first things that I want to know when someone passes away and I'm asked to do the service, I want to know what was their spiritual life? What was their claim? What was their, their belief? And whether friends or family, someday they will die. And it'll be one or two things. We'll either say farewell or goodbye based on our spiritual life and theirs. If we're not saved and we say goodbye to one who is saved and we never get saved, then we're saying goodbye. However, if we're born again into the family of God and the one that leaves is born again into the family of God, then it's so long. It's farewell. It's, or as I said in my brother's funeral in Dallas, Texas, when, when I was asked to speak for part of his service and I got to the end of the funeral, the part that I was going to say and I was overcome with grief and I was overcome with, with uh, the, the thought of missing my brother's presence and his voice and his sense of humor. The last thing that I said before I walked to take my seat is, see you later. See you later is a powerful thing. And since we believe, that's what we can say to those who die in our uh, uh, circle of friends and family who know the Lord is, see you later. Since we believe is the first thing to consider in this rush day message. Here's the second. This we declare. 1 Thessalonians 4.15. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede them who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Have you ever said to someone, hey, look, let me lay this out for you. Maybe they've had a hard time getting something and, and you said, all right, just hang on. Let me just lay this out for you. Let me lay it out so you understand it. And then you very carefully tell them what you want them to hear so or what they need to hear in order to fully understand you. That is what the word declare means. For this we <clears throat> declare. It, Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I'm going to lay this out for you. I want you to see it and understand it since you believe it. I want you to understand it, so I'm going to lay it out. And here's what he lays out. He lays out the order of things. He lays out how this event is going to work. This is a series about heaven, but we cannot discuss heaven without discussing the resurrection of the saints. 
We, we cannot discuss the resurrection of the saints without the understanding of the rapture of the church. And here is what we are saying, or, or here's what we're trying to lay out for all of us. When Jesus comes to effect the resurrection, not everyone will be dead and in the grave. What about those, maybe some of us, who are alive? What happens to those of us who are alive? Well, if you've never gotten this before, I want you to get it now. There will be a time when believers, like you and me, just like if you're, if you're a believer, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm talking to you. Believers like you and me, there will be a time on this earth when believers like you and me are walking about on this earth, looking at our iPhones <clears throat> on vacation, at work, going to school, sitting at Whataburger, any number of things that we might be doing when the rapture of the church takes place. Now, <clears throat> the rapture is when the saved on earth are removed to be with Jesus. That's the rapture of the church. Now, you got to hear this because I'm, for, for some who may not really believe it, those of you watching my television who may not really believe it, I'm getting ready <clears throat> to help you with something that might help you to, to believe as you should. Uh, and, and let me just do a little caveat. As bad as the world is today, and the world is pretty bad today. Look, let me tell you, in a world where one professional football player gets made fun of because he takes a knee and pray, prays after the, uh, a good play or a touchdown, that's Tim Tebow. And he is ridiculed about it. And another one is defended because he kissed his gay lover when he got uh, drafted, when, when he got taken in NFL. When we've got a world that is that upside down, when we've got a world that cannot defend their faith but must defend the faith of those who do not believe in the God of the Bible, when we've got a world like that, we are in a mess a real mess. You say, well, here's what we need. We need for Jesus to come so all this mess will be straightened out. I want to tell you something. The next time that Jesus comes, the mess is going to get worse because he's going to take out of this world all of the saved. Well, you say, well, what significance is that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. There is a restraining power on the world today. Pastor Ray, as bad as it is, there's a restraining power on the world, on the earth today? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a restraining power on the earth today. That restraining power is the Holy Spirit of God. And there is coming a day when the Holy Spirit of God will be removed from this earth. And that which is restraining the complete giving in to lawlessness is taken away. You say, well, Pastor Ray, when is that going to happen? Listen very carefully. 
When we get saved, guess who indwells us? The Holy Spirit of God. The, we become the, the vessels for the Holy Spirit of God. I have Jesus in my heart. I have the Holy Spirit in my life. And there's coming a day when Jesus is coming and he's taking all of those with him in their hearts and he, with that, is removed all of those who are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. And when all believers are taken into the presence of God into heaven, you, you think it's bad now, literally all hell will break loose on this earth. That's what our text is talking about. If we're alive and remain at the coming of the Lord, we'll be taken immediately to heaven without physical death. Because we believe that Paul declares this to be true to us. The order of things is that the, at the rapture, some will be alive and go to heaven, but they will not go before those who are asleep. Verse 15 says that the living will not precede the death at the rapture of the church. Verse 16 says it clearly. The dead in Christ will rise first. That means that those who are in the grave, those who are buried at sea, those who are burned to ashes, those who fell into the Amazon River and were eaten by a thousand fishes and spit out all over the river, those who exploded in airplane crashes, those who went down in... Uh, uh, on, on a, a ship, sinking ship, it doesn't matter the condition of the body or where the body is. Lo- Look, the same God who made that little sweet baby in your lap from dust can put us together again regardless of where we are. I don't have people ask me, what about cremation? What do you believe about cremation? I don't believe anything about cremation. Well, what about the resurrection? Well, what about airplane crashes? What about the spaceship that exploded so many years ago? If one of those astronauts is saved, God's going to find all of them. Every last little part. And here's what all that means. That all of the dead in Christ will be resurrected together in a glorified body, a body like Jesus at this rapture resurrection. Not only will all the dead in Christ be resurrected to go to heaven, but they will have, uh, they, they will have liftoff before any living saint. I don't know how it's going to go. The Bible says it happens in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But somehow or another, the graves go, then we go. I, years ago when I was a young pastor, I would, uh, was driving, I had a teen, teenage boy in my car, and we were driving down Dickerson Road in Nashville, and, and we passed by Forest Lawn Cemetery. And this was a good kid, and, and this kid was, we were riding down through there, and he looked over at me, and he said, Pastor Ray, hey bud, wouldn't it be great to see those graves bust open right now and all the saints go up to heaven? I was a little surprised at this coming from a teenager. 
you know, most teenagers don't think like that. But he understood something. That there is going to be a resurrection of the dead at the rapture, and it's going to precede the rapture. That's the order of things. The dead in Christ rise first, then the saints who are alive on the earth at the same time at the rapture, then we go up. That covers all believers in this church age. That is the order of things. Now, I want to give you the order of things. We have the order of things, but then we have the order of things. What order sets all of this into motion? Who gives the order for the rapture of the church? Who gives the order that everything happened? It begins at an order from the Lord himself. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel, with a sound of a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Look, the order will be personal, powerful, unmistakable, and productive. There will not be one living or dead saint of God who will say, what that, what was that? What'd they say? Trust me, it will be clear. The clarity of it will produce a result unlike anything that this earth has ever known. It will bring joy in heaven and chaos on this earth. Now here's what is amazing to me, that there are people who find this too incredible to believe. In fact, it may be some of you, and I love you, but there's some of you that are just saying, oh boy. <laughs> okay, one day whoop, we're all going to raise them. Could you tell me something? How is it that you can believe in the gospel founded on the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ? How is it that you can believe in that and not believe that we're going to go to heaven someday, physically, bodily, that we're going to be resurrected as Jesus was resurrected? Well, he was only in the uh, grave for three days when he was resurrected. Some of these people have been saved Uh, I've been dead for uh, thousands and thousands of years. So, it's God. We're talking about God here. How can you believe in the virgin birth and the resurrection of Christ, yet doubt that there's going to be a time called the rapture when we're going to be, when the saints are going to be resurrected from the ground and we who are alive are going to be caught up? How is it that we can believe that heaven is waiting, but it's still just too much for us to take in that one day we're actually going to go? It's not hard for me. It's really not. Just get it settled in your mind. All that has, all that has to do with God and, and anything that has to do with God is miraculous. My take is that we believe it all or not at all. That's just my... In fact, I'll tell you this. Now, I don't mean to sound cynical here, but I want to tell you this. How presumptuous would it be for any of us to say, well, I believe most of this. <laughs> I mean, how presumptuous could you possibly be? Well, I believe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I believe all them epistles. But that revelation, that's just too much. Really? Well, now, if you're an unbeliever, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's too much. Genesis is too much. How is it that you can say that you believe part of this? How is it? Who are you? To say I believe part of it but not all. Who are you? Are you that smart? I'm not. 
And I'm pretty smart. But I'm not that smart. I either have to believe it all or not at all. And I've chosen to believe it all. I've chosen to believe it from this cover to this cover. As the old preacher said, from generations to revolutions. That's what I believe. I believe it all. Okay. That's a little preaching time right there. Now this brings me to the last part of the message. Since we believe, this we declare, we'll be together with them. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Since we believe these last two verses of our text are just a pure delight, here they are. First of all, here we go. (laughs) In my first message in the series, I spoke about the songs that are catchy. Uh, although some of them not very scriptural, but a lot of them are scriptural and catchy. And while I was preparing for this sermon online, I, I, uh, while I was preparing for this sermon, I went online and I listened to the Spear family sing, What a Meeting in the Air. <laughs> I, just, I just listened to it and I just had a good old-fashioned shouting fit. I just listened to that song. In fact, I told Larry and Susie, that before this series is over, I want a Southern Gospel Heaven Sunday. I want everything Southern Gospel and it all about heaven. Just, I mean, just rare back and, uh, uh, and sing about heaven and just, in, just absolutely enjoy it. This is something to get excited about. It's, it's something to, to move us, uh, to move our amen and our hallelujah muscles. This is the rapture. This is heaven. People lament the condition of our world today, and it is a mess, but be sure of, of this, that there is coming a time that, that we are going to be taken from this earth. And, and with every, and I, I don't like what's happening in the decline, but with every declining day, we're that much closer to the shout and the trumpet. We're getting closer. Here we go. Here's the second thing. There they are. Whether we are already dead and rising in the resurrection or alive and going up in the rapture. And that's really the difference between the two. If we're already dead, we're in the resurrection. If we're alive, we're in the rapture. It's the same event. It's a forever reunion. We'll never be separated again. We'll always be with Jesus. We'll always be with each other. It's the beginning of always, the start of eternity, the beginning of the everlasting. To all uh, that of that, Paul paraphrases it like this. Well, how about that? Therefore, encourage one another with these words. How about that? That's what I wish you'd do today. I wish as you go out of the service today, I wish you'd say, how about that? A few Sundays ago, we had the UKC uh, Sunday, uh, United Karate Concepts. We had a we had a visitor come in. We started the service with the the Karate Concepts people doing their their performance on the stage. And it was really really quite good. And uh, one of our guests leaned over to his wife and said, "Do they do this every Sunday?" <laughs> <laughs> 
We had a little boy, you might recall, come up at the close of the service. Do you remember that when the little boy got loose from his mama and he came up here uh, on the platform uh, on that, that Sunday? That little boy got loose and he came up here. He's a beautiful little boy from a wonderful family. His mother is a 1992 graduate of North Florida Christian School. And he came on the platform enamored with that big screen up there, just enamored. And so uh, I went over and had him to wave at himself. Do you remember that? I had him to, to wave at himself on the big screen just before we sang our, our closing song. That little boy was having a how about that moment as he looked at the, the screen. And this little fine little boy has a degree of autism. And uh, I, I can assure you that he was unaware of anybody else in the building. He was aware of that screen, and he was having a how about that moment. Could I tell you that there's coming a day when we're going to have all of us a how about that moment? One day all of the saints in heaven and on earth will have a how about that time. Until then, we encourage each other and keep looking at the screen of heaven and expecting that someday he'll come. Heaven is for real. How about that? Jesus is coming again. How about that? You and I are going to see loved ones that have gone before us. How about that? There'll be no more sickness and there'll be no more pain. How about that? There'll be no autism. There'll be no palsy. There'll be no physical or mental challenges. How about that? And there will be no one saying to us, it is not cool to worship Jesus here. How about that? Jesus is coming again. And someday, we'll be with him in his presence. How about that? You've been listening to the Family Bible Hour a broadcast ministry of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. You can visit us at North Florida Baptist Church, 3000 North Meridian Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32312. Visit us online at nflchurch.com. Dr. Ray invites you to join him next week for the Family Bible Hour.